Treasures are those things we must look for or are near and dear to our heart. Within the story of the birth of Jesus, there are some treasures we don't traditionally see or talk about. Join me this week as I talk about those treasures of Christmas. Hi, and welcome to the Raising Kids on Your Knees podcast. Raising Kids on Your Knees is a ministry dedicated to equipping you to pray and parent life into the lives of your children. I am your host, Tina Smith. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here with me. My prayer for you is that your time here will help you grow in freedom and victory in Christ so that your prayers for your children are powerful and effective. treasures I have found in the Christmas story that I haven't seen before. I don't know if it's just because I wasn't looking for them or I've gotten so wrapped up in the traditional stories I've just missed them. They really aren't hard things. They are things like knowing that you are blessed by simply believing. It's understanding that God doesn't necessarily need our permission to do what he wants to do through us. Understanding that there is life in the womb with feelings and emotions is a part of the Christmas story. God extends his mercy to those of us who fear him in a healthy way. And we're going to wrap it up this week talking about how God uses whomever he wants to in order to accomplish his purposes. This week, we will be praying for our children to understand all the treasures of Christmas, as well as unpacking them for ourselves in our daily devotions and in the Zoom room. So let's get started talking about a few not-so-obvious treasures in the Christmas story. Luke 1.45 says, You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mary simply believed that the Lord would do what he said he would do because she believed she was blessed. We have a God who does exactly what he says he will do. The only thing that stands in the way of us believing that is us. Unbelief creeps into our thoughts through our past or leaning on our own understanding. Sometimes it's the voice of someone we look up to or simply our feelings. Belief isn't based on how I feel about it. The promises in the word of God aren't based on whether I think they are rational or logical. They are true because God says they are, period. I wrestled so much with unbelief when I was a new saint. It just didn't make sense that God would do what he says when no one in my life kept their word. Out of that unbelief, I became very fearful and the natural result of fear is control. Control was my go-to and I had to control everything. It was exhausting. When I confessed my sins of control, fear, and unbelief, God set me free and I was able to make the choice to believe all he says is true. It was a process to reprogram my brain. The more I chose to believe God, the freer I became. I noticed in this story that God doesn't need our permission to do what he wants to do. Look at Luke one thirty-five with me. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Did you ever notice that God didn't ask Mary's permission to conceive, carry, give birth, and raise Jesus? 
Mary simply accepted what God said he was going to do in complete surrender to her God. God doesn't ask our permission to do the work he wants to do in our lives. If you are anything like me, you're very good at fighting what God wants to do in your life. I remember being in that place and my best friend quoted Acts 26, 14 and she said, Tina, it is useless for you to fight against the will of God. That statement was a spiritual slap in the face that I needed to hear. When I stopped fighting the work of sanctification in my life, it was much less painful. Kicking against anything will eventually cause you pain. Fighting God is a battle you won't win, but one you can make a little easier. Contrary to popular belief, the Christmas story confirms that there is life in the womb. Luke 144 says, When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. We know in this verse that Elizabeth is in her sixth month of pregnancy. We can also see from this verse that her baby could hear, had emotion, and was physically able to exhibit that emotion. When I was about six months pregnant with my second child, I fell down a flight of stairs. I lived in a house that had a flight of stairs that came to a landing, and then you would turn and then go down another flight of stairs. One day, while coming down that flight of stairs, I turned the corner on the landing and slipped on about the second step and rode my keister the rest of the way down that flight of stairs. It was a hard fall, and I thought for sure I had broken my water. I immediately called the doctor, and they instructed me to sit down and see if there was any more fluid that continued to leak and if the baby was active. It was really scary. I sat there for hours. My water didn't break, but that baby was so still. Eventually, she began to move and all was well. After she was born, every time I carried her down that staircase, the minute I hit the step that I fell on, she would draw herself up in my chest while I was carrying her. She remembered, she reacted, and she felt it. Every time you are tempted to believe what the world does about unborn babies, stop and remember that babies have emotions and all their senses. They know what's going on. Luke 150 tells us that God's mercy is extended to those who fear him. Here's what it says. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. Fear of God gets a bad rap these days. In all honesty, anything that invokes fear is to be avoided, even God. Have you ever thought that the fear of God and his mercy go hand in hand? Zechariah made the connection. Here we see a man who couldn't talk because he questioned what God told him. He had a long time to think about his response to God. Immediately, when he was asked what the baby's name would be and he obediently said, John, he could talk again. Zechariah learned that fear of God and mercy go hand in hand. Fear of God means we understand that God is all-powerful, sovereign, and the ultimate legitimate authority. The enemy has twisted fear to mean something it was never intended when it came to God. His lie is that he is all love and we have nothing to fear. The truth is he is all loving and he is the one who can cast our soul into hell. That is something to legitimately fear. The good news is for parents, 
When we fear God, he shows mercy from generation to generation. Did you catch that? We can begin affecting generations by having a healthy fear of God. I'm going to wrap it up this week with this reality. God can use whoever he wants. Luke 2, 1 says, At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. We all know that God uses other believers to accomplish his work. God can also use unbelievers to accomplish what he wants to do as well. Caesar Augustus was already the most powerful man on earth, yet he wanted supreme power. What he didn't realize is that the supreme power of the universe was about to use him to fulfill the prophecy that the Messiah, the king, would be born in Bethlehem. Don't you love God's sense of irony in that? God can use anyone and anything he wants to fulfill his will in our lives. When I became a single parent, the Holy Spirit prompted me to contact a woman I had met about providing daycare for my two small children. She wasn't a believer, and I remember questioning God about that, and he insisted, and so I did it. The woman literally came alongside of me and my children. She loved us, and she co-parented with me while I worked a full-time job. She watched them for three years, and it was a wonderful relationship. All too often, we assume that God will accomplish what he wants in our lives through only his body of believers. Sometimes that simply is not the case. We must understand that God can use whomever he wants to bless us. Here's a couple of things that are happening here at Raising Kids on Your Knees. First off, the Rest, Refresh, Renew Freedom Retreat is coming March 2021. There are two things I am especially excited about. The first is that we're going to be holding the retreat at beautiful Lake Junaluska, North Carolina. The second, and the one that makes me the most excited, is that Jamie Bailey and Betsy Pendergrass will be joining me this year to teach. You will be blessed beyond measure as you hear these two sisters share how to walk in freedom in Christ. All the details are on the website. And on January 12th, I will be starting a six-week study via Zoom called Warrior Training, Learning to Pray and Parent Life into the Lives of Your Children. It will run six weeks and the registration and all the information you need are on the website as well. I would love for you to join me for this parenting changing study. I know that this year may look different for many of us here in the United States, as well as our brothers and sisters in other countries. No matter where you are, and what is happening. My prayer for you is that your focus will be on Jesus. He is the only source of our hope, joy, and peace this Christmas season. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you that we can run to you, that you are our source of joy and peace. Lord, thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. Help us to see those little treasures in the Christmas story that maybe we don't always see. Lord, help us to enjoy by being focused solely on you this year. In Jesus' name, amen.